Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Volleyball Show. We are the Weber State affiliate of the podcast network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we have, returning from a recent trip down south, Jessica, Jessica Euler. Jessica, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I, you know, got to see Arkansas B- BYU, so I'm going to ride that high for like weeks at this point. Pretty yeah. dang fantastic. Always nice when your alma mater uh, hands it to whoever. I'm kind of hoping that maybe the Wildcats will, you know, head out this way for football playoffs. Should they make it? Uh, fingers crossed. We'll see. But it's always good to see your, your alma mater get the dub. Yeah. Um, so, folks, on today's show, we've got another player interview for you. We're going to be talking to freshman outside hitter Ashley Knighting. Uh, then we're going to do a little bit of match analysis. We'll talk about the two games that were at Club Swenson last week versus Sac State. And then the, the match against Portland State on Saturday. And then we'll take a look at the upcoming matches for this week. So the Wildcats take the trip up to Montana to face the Grizz and the Bobcats. We'll talk all about those and uh, kind of break it down for you so you know what to expect when you flip on ESPN Plus this week. Before we get into all that, encourage everyone to subscribe to the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all great places to find us. And uh, also, please tell uh, people about Weber State Weekly. We've been growing a lot lately. We've been trying to produce more content. We've been getting the blog going. Uh, I've been putting together my... Tra- my uh, recruiting tracker and so we've been we've been doing some good stuff and we want to find as many wildcat fans as we can uh bring them to the cause so please tell your friends about us you can find us on social media facebook instagram twitter and then of course there's the patreon go to patreon.com slash weaver state weekly once i make that good recruiting content it goes on patreon first and they get to see it first so if you want to be a a patron and you want to see that stuff you have to go to weaver state uh, patreon.com slash weaver state weekly become a patron you can see some of that stuff. We'll probably maybe start doing it maybe later this week because I got a good number of names in my training, my uh, recruiting tracker now. And it's not just football. It's like hoops. It's softball. It's a little bit of volleyball. I think I got one volleyball name in there. Uh, a lot of the people I was following, they committed to other schools. So it's like, all right, I'm not I'm not talking about that. But uh, yeah, but really appreciate our patrons uh, helping us keep the lights on here at Weber State Weekly. Uh, they make it all happen. So thank you to our patrons. Really appreciate you all. I have a concept for a sticker that I need to get working on this week as well. And uh, all of you will be getting that sticker. Uh, it's 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 going to be like a, a sticker version of, of, the, of the dub. So it'll be something you can put on your car. So that's it. So we want to bring in now our player interview freshman outside hitter, Ashley Knighting. Ashley, thanks so much for taking some time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly tonight. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited. So, uh, Wildcat fans, they hear that last name. They're like, hey, I know that. And that's right. You probably do. So Ashley's sister, uh, Megan, had played as a Wildcat, uh, graduated in 2019. Uh, and now Ashley's here to kind of take up that spot as an outside hitter for the Wildcats. has been having a pretty good freshman season. Had some big games already. Came, came through in some big matches. Um, but, but Ashley, I wanted to talk a little bit about that kind of recruiting phase of your prep career, where obviously your sister had played at Weber State. Uh, you were on Weber State's radar. Uh, but then also, uh, I guess an older sister had also played for Maya when he was a coach at Utah State. And so I kind of want to ask you a little bit about that. How much was... They're an influence, you know, to give Weber State a little bit closer look because of the experience of your sisters, not only working with Maya, but then also your sister, Megan, most recently playing as a Wildcat. Connection we had with Maya from the start. We had, yeah, him, I watched him up at uh, Utah State. And then I was going to all the games at Weber State for sure had that connection. And I went to like a camp when I was really young, like a, uh, 
having like Megan as my coach and seeing Maya. So I think that was kind of the start. I was always kind of like interested in Weber, I think for sure with having my sister, one of the schools I've like looked up to and getting older with my and club and volleyball, I think I got more serious with looking at Weber and I in me and they like cared about me from the start just because of Megan and so I think I always had that like connection with them that's great and so I want to talk a little about that prep career because I mean Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of high level volleyball being played in your time at Pleasant Grove High School uh, you were the 2018 6A, state 6A runner-up, so played in the, in the, in the state championship, um, just came a little bit short there. 2019, you were the state champion. 2019 6A state champion, then in 2021, obviously the COVID year, then 2021, 6A state runner-up again. Uh, you made a number of all-region all and all-state teams. Talk to us a little bit about how there's been a difference, you know, because you played volleyball at a very high level at, in the prep ranks, but now you've been playing volleyball at the D1 level. Talk to us a little bit about the difference in that competition level and kind of how you've been able to adjust and be competitive because you have been very competitive in a number of games already this season. Yes. Um, school and college volleyball is still just like very different. I think a lot of best in all my high school games, um, especially like my last two years, I and then I knew the game pretty well. And I think coming to a D1 school, volleyball, everything just like sped up. I remember thinking, mm. whoa, this is so fast. And I was things and it was so, so hard. And definitely like an adjustment that way. And the girls are so much older. So I felt like I was like learning how to play volleyball for the first time again. <laughs> and I'm like, will be able to learn like so much in this college experience but yeah there's still much to like adjust to yeah for sure jessica questions yeah. for ashley nighting yeah for sure so you are part of a core of fresh women that we've talked quite a bit to and quite a bit about over the last few weeks um and y'all have had a ton of opportunities to show your quality overall this has been just a really impressive team coming in and you've really done a great job and delivered and had some really awesome games and some stats already does the group of fresh women feel any pressure right now or is it just all house money at this point um i think pressure in general like yeah we're freshmen on a new like college team a lot of us are predicting that we're kind of like used to this level of like like I mean like competing and obviously it's different being on college team and playing all these really good teams I think that we've been like working hard and we're like ready we're ready for the competition That's great. And and like Jessica said I mean you've been able to show up in some really big moments already this season and so I want to talk a little bit about this um so looking back to just last week sac state this is the lone time that the wildcats would play sacramento state who came in tied for first place in the conference on thursday and uh, they came to club swenson weren't quite sure what to expect a green team you know how we feel about green teams at weber state weekly Mm -hmm. 
don't lose to the green teams. And uh, that's not what happened on Thursday at all. You know, the Wildcats took care of business. They ended up sweeping Sac State out of the gym, out of Club Swenson. A terrific crowd. It was a whiteout game. Uh, the WC destruction was just a raucous environment. It was awesome. I think uh, the official count was like 450 people in the gym. And so I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, you all stunned Sac State in Club Swenson Thursday night with the sweep. How much do you feel like that atmosphere helped you and and helped fuel the team to that win? Because it was a big one. Mm-hmm. Very excited when we saw all those fans there. I know uh, playing at Weber, I feel like not. It's a, for some reason, Thursday, we had like lots of students there and lots of like other athletes that came in. And I think that like led into all our like energy on the and we would just went into the game knowing SAC was a really good team and we, we being super like ready to fight and ready to just go hard and see what, what happens and I think that the whole, whole match and especially like little things like passing that we really wanted to our defense and just we knew that SAC State um, loved to like to our goal was to out rally them and just keep playing the ball. And I think, I think we did a really good job of that and then playing our game the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And then Saturday, um, we saw another sweep, but this time it was at the hands of Portland State. Um, so the Wildcats haven't um, been able to win a set against them this season, which, you know, is understandable. They're a tough team, always has been a tough team, yeah. but they're always, always a great learning opportunity, right? So what has the team learned playing that level of competitor? Yeah, super disappointing that we couldn't pull through in that game. We all fired up to play because we know last time we played them, we did not play good. And we were trying to, but I think, think that being like a young team, we're going to have really high highs. That was unfortunately one of the low games that we had. Yeah. But I think that focus on really our like game plan going into the the match and a lot of things down um for example our passing and our defense and we did kind of like we couldn't keep the ball on play a lot of things that we did were, were like our errors and yeah so I think going against a really um, um like experienced team, they have lots of seniors they played together for a while it was kind of hard to uh keep people we are like uh, putting our will against them just because they played and I think they kind of outplayed us in that way yeah but y'all did look impressive that last set I thought we were coming back I had such high hopes so it, you could even <laughs> see the gains y'all made through the sets right thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say was that, um, you know, it seemed like the team got more and more comfortable playing them, started to really figure them out because Portland State, they they kind of, they is one of those games that I felt that, yes, they were prepared, but also things were just going their way. The ball was just going their way because there were lots of balls that just went around the block and the Wildcats have one of the best blocks, if not the best block in the conference right now. They lead the conference in blocks and we'll talk about that in just a bit. But it just felt like, 
every ball just kind of found its way around the block into the middle of the floor. And I was like, what is this, man? Like, this is not what normally happens. So part preparation, part luck, I think. Ashley, last question I wanted to ask you was about, um, come on, there we go. I want to talk a little bit about that defense because like we said, the Wildcats have what I think is one of the best defenses in the conference. They lead an opponent's hit percentage. You know, that's the lowest. They keep opponents to the lowest percentage in the conference. They lead the conference in blocks and they're second in opponent service aces, meaning that the Wildcats know just where to put the ball to get those service aces. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that, about how that defense maybe was a part of your game previously or if at Pleasant Grove High School and in the club ranks that you played in, or is it more something that has developed in your time at Weber State? And it was defense really become uh, a key attribute to this young team that you're a part of? I, I think my defense has definitely developed more here at Weber State. In high school, I never really had like doing anything Thing, especially like with blocking, but coming here, they're bound to your first step that you take when you block. And that's definitely been like a hard adjust to the game. So much more like easier to control in your way. And can like, we do a good job as like putting pressure on the other team with our defense. Serving's also a big deal here. We practice like Every day, keeping like flat, deep serves that are really, really hard for other teams to be really good thing we've had to learn here, especially with that. And defensive court digging, I think, is really thing we focus on a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, uh, the service thing makes sense. Uh, last season, the Wildcats were one of the best serving teams, not just in the, in the conference, but in the country. And mm-hmm. so you could tell that the folks that played, like um, like Ryland Adams and, of course, Danny Nay had a really good um, and Ashlyn Power, like they all, they all sort of had just this ability to kind of find that, and it was sort of training. So it feels like that'll come. The more time you spend with this coaching staff, you'll get good at serving, man. Just, just what we do at A-State. So uh, Jessica, I wanted to give you a chance. Any final questions for Ashley Knight before we let her go tonight? What are you most excited about for the rest of the season, Ashley? Ourselves and compete at this last uh, five weeks of the season. I'm excited. Awesome. Excited to watch y'all. Yeah, some, some really, some really, really big games on the slate still. Uh, the trip to Montana, obviously, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, in a couple in a segment later. But um, want to thank you, Ashley Knighting, for taking some time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly tonight. Want to wish you guys the best of luck on your road trip up to Montana this week, and uh, maybe you guys get a chance to see the football team because you will be in Bozeman at the same time as the football team. So maybe you guys get to check out the game, and uh, maybe the guys will do the same, and uh, they'll come by your game as well. So. Best of luck and travel safely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to be on here. We'll see ya. I see ya. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate Ashley Knighting for taking a little time to hang out with us here on Weber State Weekly. Um, yeah, like we said, uh, they'll be in Bozeman the same time as the football team. So, yeah, that'd be fun. It would be fun if they have time to watch each other. Yeah, Although Bozeman is sold out for the football for heaven's Yeah, sake. I actually work with a guy um, and uh, he lives in Bozeman and he's a big Montana State guy. And I was like, hey, man, 
I got I have a friend, friend of the show, who's uh, looking for tickets. And uh, you, you got anything? And he's like, uh, let me let me reach out to some peeps. I'll, I'll let you know. He's like, it's funny because five years ago, it was very easy to find a ticket to Bobcat right. Stadium. <laughs> Not the case these days. Uh, there are yeah. a lot of hype in Bozeman, uh, which is good. Good for their fan. It's good to see yeah. you know, good fan bases in the conference. Yeah, that's awesome for sure. But let's talk a little bit about last week's matches. Uh, so let's start with the Thursday match against Sac State. Like we said, when Sac State came into this match, they were tied for first place with Portland State. Um, and defense was the name of the game in this one. Uh, the Wildcats held the Hornets to a zero, a point zero three one hit percentage. That is a uh, that is a point one six five percentage below normal. Like that's a lot. It's way a lot. And Emma Mangum and Brielle Rickert both had five blocks in that game. Um, kind of want to ask you, Jessica, how how do you make what do you make of the fresh women having just as big of an impact defensively as the seniors, right? Because we got Emma on one side having a big game, but then also Brielle Rickert in the middle having a big game as well. And so it just feels like it's not one or the other, it's both, which is key to this win. Yeah, I think that our defense is just incredible. We continue to be ranked nationally. So in NCAA, we're 30th, I think, in the total blocks per set. Um, so it's it's an area where we're excelling. And I, I mean, I'd be interested to see how much time we spend practicing it or if we really just brought in these fresh women that already have this skill set because they're going up against some stiff competition and are consistently doing well in the defensive game. So it it was awesome to watch. And yeah, you're, you're, you're right. It's spot, spot on there. We, we're kicking butt at it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that the key thing here is that, of course, we expect the seniors to step up. And I think Emma Mangum has done that in a really big way. And we're going to talk about some more stats from her, but um, seeing that leadership and then playing at the same time on the floor with the fresh women and saying like, okay, you take, you know, some of this responsibility too together. I don't know, man. Yeah. I just feel like that, that is such a massive boost to not just confidence, but skill level as well. Cause they're doing it and they're playing as a team together, even though this would, you know, within the case of Emma, like this will be her final season as a Wildcat. Yeah. And so this is the only season that they'll get to play together. And the Wildcats, you know, these, these young women are having the chance to play right alongside her and play at this high, high level, which is great. Yeah. 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 It was, it's a great experience for them for sure. Um, so on the offensive side of the ball, Danny Richens, of course, 10 kills. Um, she led all scorers, but then tied with her was Emma Mangum. So Emma has been in double digits this season and kills eight times. And uh, she's second on the team with 145 this season. Obviously, that's behind Danny. But 145 kills this season behind Danny Richens, who is the reigning conference player of the year. Um, so do you think that, you know, with the, with the graduation of Rylan Adams, you know, who was also a conference player of the year, we've had back-to-back -back conference players of the year at Weber State. Do you think that, you know, with Ryland graduating and moving on and playing some some beach volleyball down in the South, that Emma has really kind of stepped up into that role that Ryland was to kind of give the offense that second option? Because if you go to Danny all the time, the defense knows that and they just they can just camp, right? They don't you, have, you can't keep them honest. 
but having Emma on the other side to, to kind of deal with that. And then also the good play of like Bailey bodily and Braille Rickert and others in the middle and Sonny Katoa. That's just really kind of made for, I think the, the front three for this Wildcat squad has been really good, but Emma, I think in particular has been pretty good offensively. And I don't know that we necessarily expected that coming into the season. Yeah, I think it's been interesting to see as Maya rotates players in and out, right? Because you can see him developing a strategy even in the recent, you know, Sac State and Portland State games that he's getting people in positions, trying out different lineups and that sort of thing. Um, but I think you're, you're spot on that Emma is absolutely stepping up into that second slot. Bailey's right there with her, right? Yeah, uh, the two of them are really uh, knocking it out of the park together. But I think you're right that Emma isn't necessarily who I I don't know who I thought was going to step into the second. Right. We didn't know. Right. We just we didn't know because there were so many unknowns with this team. Yeah. But she's very clearly uh, pulling into that spot. And, you know, Bailey's right there with her. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Bailey's uh, one of the things I noticed is Bailey has one of the highest hit percentages in the conference. So does Sonny Katoa. It's just a function of efficiency. You know what I mean? Just get getting the ball down by nature of the position they play and, you know, the plays that get set up for them. Yeah. One thing I did want to talk about though, Jessica, was um, we just talked with Ashley about service and the Wildcats had just two services aces in this game uh, against the Hornets. The Wildcats right now only have a single player in the top 10 in the conference for service aces. And that's Danny Richens, who was one of the best servers in the country last season. Um, And so I wanted to ask like, when do you think we'll kind of see the return of a state? Because it feels like obviously New players, a lot of new players are working on that skill and developing it. Um, Danny Richens has been good this season, but not as as stellar as she was last season, where she was one of the best in the country. Uh, we've lost Rylan Adams, who was a phenomenal server. Um, Kate Stanford has been really, really good, though. So when when do you think that the 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 work that they're doing on service really starts to show in game situations? I think I remember us talking to Danny about this last year that she talked about how working with Maya, this is an area where she grew over time, right? Because we had talked to her about just how awesome she is and is a force to be reckoned with. And she talked about that developing over time. And I think that's what we're starting to see. The other person who I've really started to see grow in that area where I think that in a couple, and heck, maybe even this next year, um, we'll have more service aces as Charlie. Um, she is just doing an awesome job. So, um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see that develop, but I think service aces on their own is something that just takes a lot of time. And especially with a group of fresh women, we're learning different strategy. Right. And so yep. it's one of those things that even once we, refine getting it over the net it's picking where it lands right so i think that this is a skill that we'll see probably not develop until next year yeah um one of the things that i like to do is watch gareth bale highlights uh you know obviously Mm -hmm. got my welsh national flag just right over the shoulder here yeah um you know but one of the things i've noticed with bale and what makes him a great soccer player is that he has this ability to just like put balls just so. And so like the ball will kick, but it'll just have just a little drop to get under the crossbar right where the goalie can't get it. And like, he's just so good at that kind of thing. And, and that's what I, I really think about with, with service, right. Is it's like, yeah. it's just this mix of putting the ball in the right place with just the right amount of energy. And like you said, Jessica, that takes time. And so I think that maybe next season is when we start to see a state return. But when we do, 
man, like, cause you know, one person we haven't mentioned in, in the service category right now is, is Bailey bodily who has been really good this season. She's, she's yeah. had, I mean, you, like you said, Charlie's had some really clutch service aces this year, closing mm-hmm. out games. Uh, you know, that fifth set against UVU, she had some big service, but, uh, Bailey's also had some really good service. And so it just feels like, you know, next year, Bailey will be a junior. Charlie will be a junior. This whole crop of fresh women will be sophomore and they will have had a year of working on I mean it's just and then Danny will obviously be a senior like that's a lot of talent that knows how to serve and I think you're probably right that that's when we'll see those those efforts pay dividends probably next season yeah yeah for sure so let's turn our attention now to the Portland State match Um, for those who need a reminder Portland State is a green team and um we don't like to lose to the green teams. Uh, we just don't. Uh, I actually started a new one last night. Um, I don't know if you listen to if you if you listen to the football show already. You know that I was talking about the the last home game of the season against Idaho State, and I was talking about how like we don't lose to the stripes, man. Like we just <laughs> don't lose to the stripes. Like I was talking about how like in my lifetime, I just turned thirty seven. We have lost a total of like three times to the stripes. In my Nuh-uh. life. Yeah. Like we don't lose to them. Like it just oh, doesn't happen. So, but like we said, Portland State, a green team. And uh, the Wildcats took care of business. The football team took care of business up in Portland. Uh, hammered the Vikings up there. 42 to 7. It was 42 to nothing. It's garbage time touchdown. I don't care. But then um, <laughs> we get the match in in Ogden at, at Club Swenson. And things are a little bit different. Um, we talked about how effective the Wildcat defense has been, but man, like they just, they just found ways to get around the defense. Like I was talking about, like it was just a mix of good preparation with some luck. They were just getting balls around the block and they're finding the middle of the floor. And it was just like, what is this? And so I wanted to ask you, Jessica, did you feel that it was more the pressure of the Viking offense that was causing problems for the, the Wildcat defense? Or was it more just the function of the Wildcat de- offense just wasn't able to keep up at that clip? Because what you would see is you'd see the Wildcats get a point, but then the Vikings score two. Then the Wildcats get another point, but then the Vikings score three. You know, And before you know it, you've got this deep hole and you're trying to dig out of it and then you just can't keep up. Which did you feel it was? Defense just being a little bit off or the offense not really producing the way it needed to to keep up? Uh, I mean, because of course, this is how I'm going to answer. I think it was a combination of the two of them, right? Sure. I think just like Ashley mentioned, when you've got a whole host of seniors you're playing against, like they've got some strategy and they're going to get around the block. I just pulled up stats in Portland State had 55 kills. Like, yeah, what in heaven's name? That number is insane. But I think uh, part of that comes from just having an experienced team that knows what they're doing that already played us once this year. Right. And so I think that they knew what they were coming in to. I think that when it comes down to it, we actually played really well. Portland state was just the better team. Right. Um, And I think that this is an area that we'll grow into. I don't think we have anything to be ashamed of in the game, but I do think it was a balance. Like there were times that our offense just didn't look as great. And part of that could be nerves and absolutely could be nerves with, a a younger team, right. Um, coming in with a lot of expectations to a team they already saw. Um, so a combination of both. 
Yeah. And an interesting thing about the players that had the biggest impact was the fact that uh, there were so many that had transferred in. So uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a function of a good offense is so last season, Ellie Snook led the conference in digs. She's a fantastic defensive player as she's continuing that this year. So they had her plus um, their setter, Madison Freebull. She transferred in from Butler. Um, I don't know that it was necessarily last season. We'll check this. Yes, it was. Uh, she had transferred. She just transferred in from Butler. And so you've now got a, a junior setter from, um, from a, a bigger school back East. And then you have, Sophia Myers transferring from the University of Montana, and she was just a monster on the edges. We had we saw really good matches from Michaela Lewis, who had transferred from San Jose State, not this season, but last season, and won uh, Newcomer of the Year in the conference. And so it just seems like all of the functions of the Vikings system, the digs, they already had Ellie Snook. Uh, they transfer in a really good setter. They they get a, a good outside out of um out of Montana. They had already got another outside from San Jose State who knew the system. All of these things kind of conglomerate into what the team that you saw on Saturday again. Just things just click, you know. Just a lot of experience, and it was difficult for the Wildcat off uh, defense to deal with it. Plus, the offense wasn't working as smoothly, I think, as they had hoped. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that there is a lot going on there. The, the transfer portal is an interesting thing to observe. And I'm, I'm still adjusting to how I feel about it in sports overall. Right. Because that's sure. one strategy of how to build a team. I mentioned in you know the pre-show that I think we're going for the long game transfer portal is going right. not not that approach right they're going for the the win this year but there's a lot of risk in that too because you have to build team culture and team dynamic and you've got a shorter period of time to do it so I think that it's something as it continues to evolve will be something to watch for sure yeah and so that that was my final question to you and you just answered it was if you see the transfer portal playing a larger role in the conference you know mm-hmm. because now teams are seeing what the Vikings are doing and how they are. I mean, I think that right now they're the best team in the conference. I think that they're the front runner to win the regular season championship and probably host the conference tournament in Portland next year because the bears have not looked that good. They have looked very, they've dropped some really interesting games. They have, uh, but they beat Portland state, right? Like, right. And so interested to see what that game looks like for us. Right. And so it's just really weird dynamic where it's like, I think everybody expected Northern Colorado to be the team to beat in this, this year. I mean, you saw the the preseason polls that they were voted number one. I think everybody agreed with that. The reigning conference tournament champions. Um, they have a very talented team, but here comes Portland state out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And they're just, I mean, so if, if they can figure out a way to down the bears, I just, I don't see a team in the conference that can beat them. Right. right. So it's like, who, yeah. who else? Because the Wildcats have not even been able to take a set off of them this year. And the mm-hmm. game up in Portland was weird. We talked about that a couple episodes ago about how things just like didn't go the Wildcats way again. I don't know what the deal was up there, but like it was competitive, but just weird stuff happened, man. Yeah. And so it's like, whatever. Well, and I felt good about this third set. Like, you know, like I mentioned, I did feel like we were finally starting to hit a groove there, but 
and and we've come back a couple of times this year in that third, fourth, and fifth set, right? Um, right. But you're right; they are they are one heck of a team this year. Yeah, because I mean that third set or was very competitive. I mean, it's it's neck and neck, right? Like the Wildcats take small leads, but then late in the you know it, it's tied nineteen nineteen, yeah. then. Portland State gets two, then it's 21-19. Wildcats get one back, but then it's 22, then it's 21. And then from that point, they just go on a run, 23-24 to 21. The Wildcats can't get enough back in. Bam. Yeah. It's over. And so I agree. It's like we've seen late magic. You know, we know that with this team, this Wildcat squad, giving up two sets doesn't mean the set's over. It doesn't mean the match is over, folks. Like, they could come back and win. (laughs) So, but unfortunately that wasn't the case on Saturday. The Wildcats ended up losing this one. Three sets to none at Club Swenson. Um, learning experience, but a, a good spot in Portland State that I don't think anybody saw coming. Yeah, yeah, agreed. All right, let's take a quick look now at the, uh, in our with our remaining time, uh, taking a look at the, the upcoming schedule because the Wildcats, like we said in the interview with Ashley, will take the trip up to Missoula and Bozeman Thursday and Saturday uh, to complete this Montana road trip. And so let's talk about the Montana game first. Um, First thing, doing research about this Montana Grizz team, um, their opponent's service ace percentage is ninth in the conference. Teams average 1.67 aces per set against them. Now we talked about some of the woes that the Wildcats have had with service this year. But the Grizz are particularly bad at defending it. Do you see service as a an important piece to the Wildcat attack the way it has been in years past in this match in particular? Yeah, I think absolutely. If you know they're running stats like that, then we're going to see Danny with multiple service aces per set. We're likely to see Bailey come out. I mean, I think there's a lot of potential, right? If we already know that we're stacking up against those stats. And we've done quite well overall the rest of the season. So I think, I think it will be exciting to see just how many we get during that time for sure. Yeah. Because even though, like we said, the Wildcats are not just like, it's, it's not like last year where they're just banging down the door and just dominating from the service line. Uh, It's not like that they are awful at it either here, folks, you know, like the Wildcats are fifth in the conference in service aces, you know, out of 10 teams. So they're right in the middle. It's not like we're a a terrible team at service aces. We're just not as prolific as we had been in past years. And so I agree with you. I think that, I mean, Colby Peterson, amateur podcaster and volleyball guy, found this out by doing internet research. You, you mean to tell me that Maya and his staff don't know that? Yeah. They, they're a lot smarter than we are. You know what I mean? Like they know that and they know what to do. So. Yeah. And they're going to play that strategy too. So it'll be fun to watch for sure. Another thing I was going to point out was um, the Grizz offense is it's okay, but it seems to all go through their sophomore outside hitter, Paige Clark. She's out of Idaho Falls. She's second in the conference in kills per set, 3.69. But she's also a threat from the service line. She averages 0.36 aces per set. To give you an idea, that's fourth in the conference. Uh, Danny Danny Richens is 10th in the conference at 0.33. So you can kind of see how thin the margins are there. She's fourth in the conference at 0.36 aces per set. 
So it feels like she's a threat on the outside. A lot of the offense runs through her. She also gets it done from the service line. What do you think then is the secret to slowing her down? We've talked about the block and about how the block has been very good for the Wildcats this season. Um, do you think that it's a it's a function of a good offensive player meets good a good defense? How do you see this one playing out? I think that's exactly what it is. I think I'm, you know, and I've talked about a little bit in prior shows. I feel very comfortable with our defense. So somebody who has a history of service aces, like I have a lot of faith in our ability to pick it up and we'd rather consistently do. Um, same thing with kills. But what what I've seen is when the block is great, the block is great, right? And we know that because we do awesome with our blocks per set percentage. But when we miss it, like we're not picking it up after it gets through the block, right? In a lot of instances. Um, and, you know, obviously that's an overgeneralization. So I think that it's it's likely she'll get a few through as she, you know, adjusts to our block. But I think just when you compare these teams side by side, overall, our defense is going to be prepared for one, one player who has skills like that, right? Yeah, because look, the Wildcats, they are second in the conference in opponent service ace percentage. The Wildcats only give up 1.34 service aces per set. That's good for, like I said, second in the conference. They've only been aced 68 times. Oh, sorry. In 68 sets, they've been aced 91 times. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, yeah, she might be good, but you're facing the number two service defense in the conference right. coupled with the best blocking team and the best digging team in the conference. The Wildcats lead the conference in digs as well, averaging 15.47 digs per set. Um, yeah, man. Like I just, I think that probably what's going to happen is the Wildcats are going to make somebody else beat them on Thursday yep. night in Missoula. You know, it's like, Hey, you've got, you've got, um, you have Paige Clark out there and that's good for you. But, you got to somebody else is going to have to step up if this game is going to be competitive. Yeah. So this leads me to my last Montana question is Montana is kind of a middle of the road team. They've beat who they're supposed to beat and they've lost to who they're supposed to lose to. So with that, I mean, it, the, the one, it seems like the one deciding factor potentially then is the road game. And if you've ever watched men's basketball guys playing games or if you've ever watched football, playing games in Missoula, it's not a lot of fun. It's loud. Um, it's the Grizz fans are obnoxious. Like, it's not my favorite. And so, how much do you think the environment, the road environment, because this is, I think, probably going to be one of the toughest environments that the, the ladies have seen thus far because they haven't been to Greeley yet. When they go to Greeley, they'll see it. But Missoula will be probably pretty tough. How do you see the, these, this group of fresh women handling that pressure? Um, because it's going to be interesting, even though it is a middling team. I think going in um, with something to prove after Portland, right? Mm -hmm. um, you've kind of got a chip on your shoulder is going to be helpful for this. I think that the, you know, fans that show up could certainly be a challenge. Heck, I'd be intimidated to go hang out up there. But I do, there, man. <laughs> I do think it'll come. It'll be helpful to come back with something to prove and knowing that they're a middle of the road team, right? Like we can be yeah. a middle of the road team. Yeah. And, and the Wildcats have shown that, right? That the Wildcats I think are a, slightly ahead of that where the Wildcats have beat who they need to beat. They've even beat some people that people didn't expect them to beat. Yeah. 
but they've also lost to some teams that have been tough. Right. And so it's just like, okay, it is what it is. But uh, that's, that's Montana. Super cool. Awesome. The Grizz see him on Thursday night, six o'clock. I think I'll get to that in the schedule in just a minute, but let's talk a little bit about the Bobcats too, because I've been surprised with the Bobcats. The way that the Bobcat played the Wildcats last year, I really thought that they were going to be a top three team in the conference this year. Like I thought that their progression was they're going to take the next step next year and they're really going to be competing for the conference championship. That hasn't happened, man. Like the the Bobcats have really underperformed. Um, they began the season by losing five of their first six and they're three and four in conference play right now. But the weird thing is, one of those wins is against Northern Colorado. So once again, Northern Colorado, a good team that can beat Portland State, but also dropping weird games like to Idaho State and Montana State. And, you know, just like losing these weird games, man, that they probably shouldn't. I think they lost to Northern Arizona as well, which is like, yeah. what are we doing? And so Montana State, kind of a funny team as well, because the record says, yeah, you should beat them. But then also you look at some of those wins and you go, yeah, but you might get got, you know, like this is a team that did lose to Montana in their own building in Bozeman, but which was, by the way, that game broke the conference record in attendance for a volleyball match. Really? Yeah, it was absolutely huge. Oh, that's um, awesome. But they lose and then they turn around and beat Northern Colorado, right? And we just talked about what Montana is. Montana is a team that is kind of middle of the road. They're in the middle mm -hmm. of the conference, about the fifth best team in the conference. So how do you take this Montana State Bobcats team? I'm going to go with they beat Northern Colorado because they had something to prove. I'm going to go with my earlier methodology. Okay. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we should beat Montana State. I think. You're right. We should. And it's one of those where it feels like if we were calling these, I might say that Montana could beat us if they come in and they've got a, you know, huge crowd, like maybe they can beat us. I do not think Montana state can beat us. Yeah. And maybe I mean, that's overconfidence on my part. And I agree with you. Like they don't have don't so. a whole lot of freshmen. So they've got folks who are experienced. I thought they were going to come in and do better and they're just not. So I don't think they're going to do it. Yeah. Let's take a look at some of their um, conference losses this year. Um, here, I need to go by team. So take a look at some of the teams that they've lost to in Conto far this season. They have lost to Northern Colorado. Fine. They lost to Sac State. Fine. They've lost to Portland State. Fine. And they've lost to Montana. So those are all teams that they probably should lose to. We've talked about mm -hmm. Portland, Sac and Northern Colorado, probably the top two, three, top three teams in the country or in the conference. If you don't consider the Wildcats in that, maybe the Wildcats are the fourth best team. Depends on how you see it. But so they've lost to teams that they probably should, but that Montana loss, I mean, I don't know. That's a weird one. But then also beating Northern Colorado, which is a team that they probably shouldn't beat. Right. So, oh man, it's just weird. But yeah. um, a little bit, digging a little bit deeper into them, their best player appears to be sophomore middle blocker, Jordan Reddick. Uh She's second in the conference in hit percentage, which, okay, a middle blocker has a good hit percentage. Of course, Colby, like that's what happens. They're usually very efficient. Uh, she's also sixth in the conference in blocks. Oh, she gets 1.03%. But this is the weird thing. The whole team is hitting 184. They're hitting 0.184. And so it's like, okay, she has a great hit percentage being a middle. That makes sense. But the rest of the team doesn't. 
they're hitting 184. Like it's not great. Like to give you to give you context for kind of where the the rest of the conference is on that. Um, the Wildcats are currently hitting 213. We are one, two, three, four, five spots ahead of them in hit percentage. Montana State is eight out of ten teams in the conference, and so. My question to you, Jessica, is is shutting down Jordan Raddick the key to just stopping their offense? Because it seems like she can hit well, but nobody else really can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like I a think, similar thing to Montana, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, you know, takes the wind out of their sails a little bit. If we're blocking Jordan, then they're like, well, if they're blocking Jordan, what are the rest of us going to do? Right. Like part of yeah. it's just a morale issue at that point. So I think absolutely being able to block Jordan from the get-go is going to be a solid strategy to take us to, through sweeping Montana state. So I wouldn't mind that. But before we talk about that last question about Montana state, before we move on, they're third in the conference in blocks. We've talked about some of the offensive woes that the Wildcats have had. They've had some rough outings offensively. Um, so when facing a team that is third in the conference in blocks, how do you see that? Do you think the Wildcats can figure it out? Because it feels like they have nights where they're just offensively rolling. And then we have nights like Saturday night against Portland State where they're just not. Against a you know a team like Montana State that is third in the conference in blocks, which you could say, well, that doesn't really matter, Colby. And there's an argument to be made for that, that it doesn't really matter. Um, how do you see it? I, I think this will be fun to watch because I think we just have a lot of variety up front, right? Whenever yeah. we talk about, we can bring in Sane, we've got Bailey, we've got Emma, we've got Danny. So we have the ability to mix it up. So I think that they will be tough there, right? But as soon as they figure out one strategy, we've got a different lineup we can throw in. So it, it comes down to exactly what you're saying. Are we've had some days we're really on and days we're really off. And I do think that it just depends a little bit on how our team's meshing that night, but we have so many different options up front right now that it shouldn't matter to us how good they are at blocks because we can put in other players at this point and they just can't be ready for all of them. Right. Yeah. Last couple stats I want to throw out before we wrap up this segment um, in terms of digs. So should the ball get past that, that front, the Bobcats are eighth in the conference in, in digs. They average 13.95. The Wildcats are sitting number one in the digs, 15.47 per set. Um, on the flip side, opponent digs, this is sort of like an offensive um, statistic where it's like how well they are finding the floor. Weber State is eighth in the conference. They're just not quite putting the ball in spots where it can find the floor. And so the other team is digging them out. Uh, a fair bit. So the Wildcats are letting the other team average 15.78 digs per set. Montana state is right in front of them at 15.3. So that's seven and eight in the conference. And so I think that therein lies the, the match. If the Wildcats are able to make the Bobcats pay and raise that percentage, or I guess lower that percentage of digs per set for their opponents, I think that's where you win. Yeah. Agreed. So that's it, folks. Uh, looking at the upcoming schedule, uh, like we said, Thursday, October 20th, uh, Wildcats take the trip up to Missoula at Montana, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That match will be on ESPN+. And then Saturday, October 22nd, 
at Montana State, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time and on ESPN+. And if you are, for some reason, making the trip up there to Bozeman to see the Wildcats take on the Bobcats at Bobcat Stadium in football, absolutely massive game. Number three versus number five, I think it is, or number four versus number five. Um, huge, huge matchup in the country. If you're there, you might as well just, you probably have a hotel, so you're probably just hanging out. So go to the match. <laughs> Have a nice little uh, a nice little away section there for the Wildcats in uh, whatever their gym is called up in Bozeman. Uh, so that could be interesting. So keep that in mind if you're going up there. Then the following week, um, back home at Club Swenson, the Stripes come to town. They're going to be looking for revenge too after getting reverse swept. So Friday, October 28th, Stripes come to Ogden, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. By ticks, WeberStateSports.com, or if on ESPN Plus. And then Thursday, that's the only game that week. So stripes come to town, then you get Halloween off, baby. So the only thing you got to do, give the, you know, pull a trick on the stripes and get a, take a treat home. And then Thursday, November 3rd, um, we'll get the, uh, I guess what I'm call it, the Pacific Northwest tour comes to Ogden. Idaho comes to Ogden on Thursday, November 3rd, 6 PM Mountain Standard Time at Club Swenson. Then Saturday, November 5th, Iwu comes to town, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, that game will also take place. Uh, Sac State, there will be a football game and a volleyball game that day. So go to both. Have a good time. Watch the Wildcats play Sac State and then go and trounce Iwu. And then finally, Thursday, October 10th, uh, take the trip up to Flagstaff at NAU. I, as time goes on, I like NAU less and less. So I want to beat them in everything. So let's beat them <laughs> in volleyball. Like, yeah, they're like they're like the new the new SUU man. Like I just <laughs> they just slid right in that slot. <laughs> don't want to lose to them. Yeah, I don't. Like I just don't. It's like I shouldn't lose to you in anything. You guys get out of my face. <laughs> so we'll wrap up the show. Email us weberstateweekly at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and then Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash weberstateweekly and support. If you become a patron, you'll get access to our recruiting content. Um, I'm working on it this week. Got some football guys I need to reach out to. We'll get some little short interviews like we did in the spring. Become a patron and get access to that. And then the blog, weberstateweekly.com. I dropped the game day grades this week on how the Wildcats did against Portland State. Shocker, my grades were A, A minus, and A. Uh, it was a great game. Um, but you can read what the other guys thought. And so go to weberstateweekly.com and it is right there on the homepage for you. So, Jessica, I want to thank you so much. Volleyball tonight. Wrap it up like we always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. Great, great. Go Wildcats. Wildcats.